Hi, welcome to the Tell Me What You're Proud Of podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Maggie Perry. I'm a licensed psychologist with a doctorate degree in clinical psychology. I'm also the founder of the online group therapy platform, Huddle.Care. I love helping people overcome anxiety, obsessive compulsive disorder, mood disorders, and stress. Please join us each week as we share real sessions with actual clients that reveal helpful techniques for effectively dealing with anxiety, OCD, mood disorders, and stress. We'll discuss what effective therapy looks like, sounds like, and feels like. We'll follow our guests as they overcome their biggest fears and find that despite their biological vulnerabilities, they can still live a rich, full, and meaningful life. My therapeutic approach is strengths-based and seeks to find and reinforce what clients do well to help them generalize those skills towards areas where they're stuck. My model for psychotherapy can be summed up as this. You tell me what you're proud of, and I'll help you become effective and happy across all areas of your life. Thanks for listening, and let's get the show started. Hi, this is Dr. Maggie Perry with Tell Me What You're Proud Of. I'm here with Nicole, and we're going to talk about Nicole's story. So Nicole, can, can we start with what was happening in your life when you decided to seek psychotherapy? Yeah, sure. Um, I remember it was probably like two or two and a half years ago. It was basically a family crisis. Like my mom went from one day being fine to one day being all of a sudden like your mom is acting strange to the next day being like, uh, we need to put your mom into like, um, a hospital to get supervised care. So I wasn't living home at the time. So I had to catch a flight back. Um, and then being at the hospital with her, it was not only like a crisis in terms of like, oh my God, my mom is going like struggling with mental illness and has to be hospitalized for it. But there was a family crisis around that with people disagreeing what was the right thing to do. Um, So it was like overwhelming trying to figure out, oh my God, like what, how long has this been going on with my mom and how do I deal with it? And then also a crisis in terms of like family members are disagreeing and I don't really know um, how to like navigate any of this. Yeah, I know that time was really stressful for you. Can you tell me what the stress was like? It, I feel like overwhelming is the word that comes to mind. Like, I just remember just feeling like, oh my God, I'm crying one minute. The next minute is like, I don't know what to do um, in terms of dealing with family members that are disagreeing. Um, and it just felt like all so foreign to me. And it, in a way that I was like, wow, it would be very helpful to talk to someone who could not only help me navigate the feelings that I'm feeling, but also like the mental health field that might know what's going on with my mom in a way that maybe it can help like also problem solve, figure out what to do, what's going on. Great. So what I'm hearing you say is that you had all kinds of different shifting feelings, but then also a ton of problem solving to do. And it was both like overwhelming and felt out of control to you. Yes, exactly. Okay. And what did you feel and fear about seeking psychotherapy? Like what were your assumptions? It's, it's interesting because I think it's something that I had close friends who had, um, had therapists that they really liked and talked about how positive the experience was. So I think in the back of my mind, it was actually something that I was like, oh, I feel like I would like that or would like to have someone to talk to. Um, but I think having like a crisis moment almost, it, it felt like I had to have a crisis moment or a reason to um, talk to someone or like seek therapy out. And can you say more about that? Why not go seek psychotherapy for yourself if you had a sense that it was going to be helpful to you? 
Yeah, it almost felt like I didn't have a good enough reason. Like, I think also my friends that were in therapy, they also went in at like a time of crisis when they needed help dealing with feelings that were overwhelming or just like general problem solving. Um, So I think even though I was like, oh, it sounds nice, like I could probably benefit from talking to someone and just like figuring out um, things that I've always wondered about myself, but it just didn't feel like that was a good enough impetus. Or I was even thinking like, if my friends ask me why, I don't know what I'll say, but like having a crisis moment, it felt like, oh, this is a reason um, to seek someone out and talk to someone. So I totally appreciate your reason, but just for listeners that may wonder whether or not they're, what they're suffering from is um, significant enough to seek out psychotherapy. Now that you've been in psychotherapy for a while, what are your thoughts on what makes it like um, um, a good time to seek psychotherapy? I feel like I, I just wish I had done it earlier. I feel like um, like every time is a good time. And if anything, like it, it was definitely helpful getting help dealing with crisis stuff. But I feel like the real stuff happens when there's not a crisis and you're actually just like, oh, I want to navigate through like all these thoughts I've always had and do other people have them and how can I um, relate to them more effectively? So if anything, I would say looking back, if I had to do it over again, I would have like sought it out a lot sooner um, just to deal with my own kind of everyday thoughts and problems. Yeah. And I'm understanding what you're saying, but what do you mean by the real stuff? Why does, what's the difference between the types of stuff you would talk about in in psychotherapy during crisis versus during everyday life? Uh, I guess during crisis, it felt like there was like an external thing that one I had to deal with and had to deal with in the moment, everything I was feeling. Um, But I guess like the everyday type stuff would be like work problems that like I didn't really know how to navigate um like personal relationship problems that I didn't really know how to navigate um yeah okay and and what's the what was the shift in the course of psychotherapy like once you started talking more about relationships and work which is um the content that most people discuss um what started changing changing in those arenas for you or or why why is psychotherapy different than talking to a friend about those things um i feel like probably different for a few reasons. If I think about talking to my friends about problems, I guess sometimes friends, like, they love you and are kind and don't always tell you maybe exactly, like, what you need to hear and maybe aren't as, like, truthful. Um, Or they might not be as, like, objective also and be able to see, like, the whole scene from an outside perspective. Um, And then I think sometimes they also can't look at it with maybe like a more like clinical lens and be like, Oh, like that's actually your like anxiety talking um, or something like that. Yeah, I totally agree. Was there, was there something in particular that helped you shift from these are work issues related to the people that I work with, or these are relationships issues related to my friends or to the people that I'm dating to like this it's helpful for me to reflect on my thoughts and feelings and how I'm responding to things. Can you say the last word again, Maggie? Yeah. It cut out a little. Yeah. When did you make the shift or how did you make the shift from these are like issues that I need advice about to um, psychotherapy as a way to like understand 
how I'm responding more effectively? Um, I don't know. I guess it was like in therapy that that just ends up happening. Like, I feel like uh, maybe before like talking to you, my thought was just like, oh, everyone responds to problems these ways and everyone's mind like works the same way as mine. And I didn't ever think about or realize that like, oh, that might not be true. Um, and I don't think I would have realized that without like talking to someone. That's a really great example. This might be hard to answer, but is there anything in particular, any theme in particular that you used to think everybody thinks this way? And now you recognize it might be specific to you. And, and because it's just a thought that you're having, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's true. Yeah, I guess I can like use like a work example. But before I would have a big presentation, I would remember being like, if I don't spend every waking moment like preparing for every single question that can't come up, like I will not feel okay and I will not do a good job. Um, so I feel like before a big presentation, I would just like spend the 48 hours beforehand, like what felt like losing my mind. And like, instead of like maybe going for a run or like talking to friends to calm down, it would be like, oh my God, every minute or hour that I'm not spending on this is like an hour that I could be preparing for a question that may or may not come up. Um, and I just kind of assume like everyone's mind thought that way before like a big event, but, um, I don't think that's true. And now what do you believe about that? Um, I believe like you can definitely prepare to a healthy degree, but you can probably never prepare to control like everything or like everything that might happen. Um, and then I'm often in a better mindset if I also take time to do things that I know calm me down, like exercise and talking to friends and eating well. Um, yeah. So you shifted what you were striving to control. You shifted away from trying to control things that you had no control over to just controlling your own level of sensitization and your own performance. Yeah. That's a really great example. Uh, do you have other examples of what was most helpful for you in the beginning of your psychotherapy process? Um, I feel like there were like very tactical things in the beginning where I would just like think about, um, maybe like to use the example of a work presentation again, all the things that could go wrong. And I feel like I got very tactical advice to be like, why don't you just cap it at like 10 minutes and write down all the things that could or could not go, uh, go wrong. And then after those 10 minutes, like you can't really think about it anymore. Um, yeah. So that if I can just go over that particular intervention, sure. it's a version of scheduled worry time where when you're having lots of worries, you just, um, and especially worries that are spinning around in your head, if you write out all the worries, um, like what if, and then catastrophic thought, and then just list them out and say them over and over again, um, in the mirror for about 10 minutes, what you're trying to do is teach yourself first off that, the difference between which ones are problems to solve and which ones are just anxiety uncertainties to let go of. Um, you're desensitizing yourself to the thoughts themselves so that when they show up in your mind at another time, they don't feel as sticky and as overwhelming. And then you're also um, compartment, you're, you're containing your worry. So for most people, worry just happens in the background all the time. Those that worry, worry in the background all the time. So if you say, this is a specific time that I'm going to write down my worries and I'm going to worry on purpose, you're paradoxically going to prevent yourself from worrying at another time. 
Um, so thank you for um, prompting me about that intervention. I agree that the beginning of psychotherapy, at least with me and people like me, tends to be really specific skills. Um, was there, were there other things that come to mind, other either skills or like attitude changes that you um, started with? Um, yeah, I think like an attitude change that was helpful, which is something that I didn't even realize I was doing, was I would be like very hard on myself. So like things like um, using like job examples again, a presentation that didn't go right, or I feel like I didn't do the right thing. It was like very easy for me after the fact to just like beat myself up and think about all the things I could have done differently. And like, why did I do it this way? Um, and I feel like I feel like you probably said there was like a paradigm with like, oh, would you like say that to your friend if like they had done that? And I'd be like, no, of course not. I'd be like, you probably did a great job and it's probably fine. Um, so I feel like that was a big mental shift, just being like as kind to myself as I would be to like one of my friends if they were in a similar situation. And was that shift easy for you once you started thinking about it that way? I don't think so. Like it was definitely like an aha moment, but I don't think I realized like how often and ingrained it is in like every aspect of life and how automatic it was to just like, um, kind of like beat myself up over something that went wrong instead of just like being kind and compassionate towards myself. And then, so since it was happening really frequently and it felt like a really automatic response, how'd you go about challenging it or changing it? I think the first thing was like recognizing even that it was happening. Cause like, again, like we were saying, like, I feel like a lot of things that happened in my mind, I just assumed that's how everyone like worked. So like, I think first it was a shift of like, oh wait, like not everyone does this. And then like, oh wait, there's like another way I could be approaching it or like thinking about it or treating myself. Um, so the first part was definitely just like even catching that it was happening. And then it was definitely a process and still is a process of like catching when it's happening. Um, and then trying to just like switch to a different narrative. Wonderful. And you can um, arrive at what the other narrative is based on your template for what you'd say to a friend. Yeah. That's great. So just to talk about the, the function of, well, can you tell what the function of self-criticism was? Like why you think you did it when you did it? Um, I don't know, like maybe to be better, I guess. I don't know. I don't know if it's like a part of like, I don't consider myself a perfectionist, but it almost seems like that where maybe if I can just like catch everything that goes wrong, I can like do better and be better next time. Yeah. And you might not consider yourself a perfectionist if you don't feel like everything has to absolutely be perfect. But even from what you were saying before around like, um, if I'm having a presentation the 48 hours before I need to be completely prepared and basically control for all the uncertainties that would fall into the bucket of perfectionism, not because you're striving to be perfect, but because you're striving to control the uncertainties. Yeah. So self-criticism can be a strategy that people that have that way of thinking, excuse me, um, use to, um, control for uncertainties. And it seems like you were pretty quickly convinced that, uh, the self-criticism was doing more harm than help. Um, and it seems like now that you think back on it, it doesn't even really make sense to you to, to criticize yourself um, in order to control for uncertainties. Do you want to say anything about that? Um, yeah, I guess, yeah, even thinking about it, I wasn't sure what purpose it was serving. Um, 
I forget the question. No problem. <laughs> it's hard to know the function that it's serving. I think most people describe the function that it serves as a, a way to control and mm-hmm. to prepare for the future. So even if it, the, the irony is that it usually hurts and it demotivates yeah. people, it makes them feel more fatigued and less likely to problem solve effectively. But for most people, it feels like you're not going to be able to um, problem solve if you don't critically think through what happened next. Right. So, I mean, what what has just happened? And so the shift would be to say, you just can live with what has already happened and continue to put forth value-based action towards the stuff that you care about. And actually your performance will increase over time just merely from practice. Yeah. Um, great. Okay. Were there any other categories of um, st- something that was going on in your mind that shifted pretty quickly within therapy? Um, I don't know. Okay. Do you know? Well, you're saying that um, worry, you had some shifts within worry. Yeah. You had some shifts within self-criticism and self-compassion. Um, did, did psychotherapy help at all with your mood or other relationships? Yeah, totally. Um, again, like I feel like before going to therapy, not realizing that people don't experience what I experience. Um, I think one thing that we've talked about is like periods where I had a lot of energy and I feel like very self-confident um and then like two weeks later I can feel like the rug has been like taken out for under me and I'm just like questioning everything I'm like not sure if I'm living in the right place I'm in the right profession I'm like dating the right people or that I ever will um and I guess that was something that I didn't really realize was happening and I also didn't realize that like everyone doesn't go through um shifts like that and now that you see that you have mood shifts like that, how do you relate to your experience differently? It's like, it's almost the same like pattern with everything. I feel like the first step is like, oh, this is happening. And like, this doesn't happen to everyone. Um, so like one, it was just like looking out for like when it was about to happen or, and almost seeing like what the like quote unquote like triggers were for it to, to be about to happen. Um, so I do a lot of traveling, which then leads to like not a lot of sleep, which also leads to like going out a lot and like drinking and eating differently. Um, and I think you helped me realize that like, Hey, when you don't get a lot of sleep, you're like traveling a lot and you're like drinking and eating differently. Like my mood might spike into one way. And then after being in like a heightened state for a while and coming back to like my normal life, I might then see like a down state more readily. Um, so I feel like just prepping for those two things and then realizing once I'm in those two things, like strategies to shift out of them was helpful too. Yeah. I'm really happy to hear that. I think what I really appreciate about what you're saying about like, this doesn't happen to everyone is you're not saying it in a self-critical way. So some people experience their mental health challenges as like, I'm experiencing something and I'm the only one. And that means there's something inherently wrong with me. And the the tone that you're saying that is more like um, what is normal for me might not be normal for others. And that doesn't mean there's something inherently wrong with me, but rather I need to bring more intention to these certain dimensions of my life so that they don't hurt me. 
further or they don't cause me additional suffering. Does that capture your attitude towards it? Yeah. And I don't think it was always that way. Again, like I feel like before having strategies to navigate it and like knowing what it was, there was like a scary period where it's like, oh my God, am I different? Like, am I, is there something wrong with me that I have these things? But I think like once I figured out like, oh, I can pretty easily figure out like when this is happening and how to like navigate back to like a more status quo it just didn't seem as scary and just like something that happens sometimes to me. Great. Yeah, that's a really good example. And the other part that I talk about common humanity frequently. So um, you're still part of common humanity in the sense that what you experience is experienced by other people, but taking responsibility for the specific experiences that you have means coming up with strategies to respond to them effectively. Um, so that's great. Thank you for that example. Do you want to say anything about shifts in relationships that you experience through psychotherapy? Yeah, I feel like navigating like dating and relationships, like having a therapist has been like very helpful for that. Um, I feel like you've helped me see like patterns in terms of like people that like I pick or relationships that I pick that maybe aren't serving me well. Um, and then help me navigate strategies for like dealing with like my anxiety with like going on dates and then being in relationships um, and everything like that. Yeah. Do you want to say more about, I'm really happy to hear that. Um, do you want to say more about the patterns that potentially weren't helpful to you that psychotherapy helped you see? Yeah. I feel like one of the patterns was like picking people that weren't giving me everything I needed. Um, and I feel like it was to use a term we've talked about, like avoidant people. So people that maybe aren't giving me like affection that aren't very like open and vulnerable. Um, and then I saw myself like often getting in relationships like that or like chasing people, um, that had that framework. And then I would say also when I would realize that I probably was not in like a relationship that was serving me. I like never wanted to end it because I didn't want to be by myself. Um, so I feel like you helped me kind of see that and also um, navigate that too. What's helped you be alone better or like um, tolerate the feeling of loneliness? Um, I think just like not seeing it as one, like a permanent state. Like for some reason, when I feel lonely, it can feel like, oh my God, this is like my life forever and I will always feel this way. So I think just seeing it as like a passing feeling has been helpful. And also seeing it as something that like everyone does feel too. Because um, I feel like when I feel lonely, it can sometimes feel like I am the only person that's experiencing this and I will experience it forever. So seeing it as something that is temporary and comes and goes and also seeing it as just like a common feeling that other people have has been helpful to you. Yeah, that was really well said. Is Does that immediately come to mind for you now when you feel lonely or do you remind yourself in the, of that in a specific way? Do you prep yourself for the feeling of loneliness? Yeah, I think, uh, I think this is also something that therapy has helped me with, but like reaching out to friends when I feel that way. And I'm always surprised when I do because it feels like a deep, dark feeling how often people are like, oh yeah, I feel lonely too. Like it totally sucks. Um, especially with like the current climate of COVID, I feel like it is a time when I reach out to people and people are often like, I've been feeling really lonely too. This is like awful. Like I can't wait till we can all be together again. 
Um, so yeah, being able to reach out to friends and seeing like, oh, other people are feeling this way. I now don't feel so alone because I know other people are lonely too. Yeah, that's great. Not only do you not feel lon- as lonely because you've actually connected, but also if and when that feeling lingers, you still know that you're not the only one with it. Yeah. Um, glad to hear it. That's great. Um, is there anything else coming to mind about your therapy journey so far? Like what's been helpful and what's its impact been on you? Um, not immediately, but you might know better than I do. Is there anything that you feel like we've, uh, talked about that um would be helpful to talk about you know i think that we actually covered most of what i was thinking about for you so do you want to say more about what's happening for you now given that so we we've discussed basically a shift in worry and like everyday life anxiety and actually problem solving the crisis that originally brought you into therapy um and then we talked about shifts in t- towards more self-compassion shifts in your relationship, um, and shifts in your mood regulation. Um, what happens for you now? I think now it's about like navigating through life, knowing these things and actually making sure I'm like putting these things into practice. Um, so I feel like now that I'm like cognizant of these things and I understand these things, I feel like the work now is like making sure I'm like, living knowing those those things and living practicing those things um because i feel like i can sometimes get into like a more depressive mood where like it feels like all of that has been wiped out the window um so it's helpful then to like have you be like oh wait remember that like you might be in a lower mood right now like you might not feel this way next week and you can do like xyz to get out of it um and it's still tactically like with dating the same thing. I feel like it's helpful to have you like kind of like throw up a red flag to be like, oh wait, like this person probably doesn't fit what you've been looking for for X, Y, Z reasons. Um, so you should probably live by what you said you want like two weeks ago and do X, Y, Z. Yeah, that's a really great example. Cause I think whether people read self-help books or take other classes or something, or have had psychotherapy experiences in the past, um, thinking, or even talk to friends about it and stuff, thinking because I know what's wrong, then I should be able to change myself, um, can be a form of self-criticism that really makes it hard to actually change. And so I love the way that you're describing psychotherapy as a practice, uh, where first you identify what the patterns are, but then you gradually have to change them with humor and lightness and compassion. Um, and honestly new opportunities in life to display these more flexible behaviors. Um, so it's a great point. And then I do think it's, a um, like an, the, a great part about being a therapist is being able to be that mirror back when, because, you know, I'm not experiencing, everything that you're describing and I'm not going through the emotional ups and downs that your body is going through. It's easier for me to say, like, I remember that this is your value. So, um, like reflecting back on what you've said before, like, how do you want to respond? Um, that, yeah. that, that can often be helpful. Do you want to say Yeah. That? It almost feels like a sport where like, okay, you like, you know, you brought the camps, but like you all need a coach, like as you're 
um, kind of practicing or as like different things happen to like be like, hey, like here's something you could have done differently or here's something you're doing well. Um, so it almost feels like it's the part where like, okay, you're my like coach and you can flag things that like, oh, you could be doing this differently or just even flagging like, hey, that was like a really effective thing that you did. And that's like living by like a lot of the things that we've talked about in practice and stuff. Yeah. I appreciate that coach metaphor. I don't think everybody experiences psychotherapy as similar to, um, coaching a game, but I certainly do. And I certainly like, um, like huddle because of that, because I think if you can, a good coach can both help the individual players, so to speak, but then also the players can help each other. So group members can help each other by, um, reflecting back their experience and also encouraging and motivating people. Um, okay. Yeah. So thank you for all of those examples. Is anything else coming to mind? I don't think so. Okay. Well, this is a good place to end. So thank you, Nicole, for, um, your time today and we'll come back next week or next session with other things that are happening for you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you felt any benefit from the show, please let us know and share it with anyone you think would also find benefit. As a disclaimer, please consult your doctor or therapist before attempting any strategy shared here. Thank you.